I'm Lando Calrissian. Glad to make your acquaintance. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Lando Cal family. Finally, finally back. It's been a minute. Uh, but we've been brewing this for a long time, man. I got my homie, St. Louis, stand up, Duvetta University, Mr. J. Lee, bringing in the Orville, still uh, killing them at running the point, and uh, fastest <laughs> guy knowing the hurdles, baby. Hey, turn up, turn up. Yo, yo, I, I, you know, I take it back. Did I meet him at all, meet you at all Catholic? I was trying to remember if it was all Catholic or the Rosati party or whatever. Because, Ted, remember, what was we was at all Catholic running track. And remember, what was that girl from Incarnate that fell and she rolled and came right back up on and running? Do you remember that? I remember. I don't remember her This name. girl from Incarnate, it was the most amazing thing. She literally fell over a hurdle rolled in like a summer and was like back on her feet like literally like it was like like she did it on purpose yeah yeah i don't remember and she came in second and she came in second still but see that's how you know you was running at a catholic place that's true it was all catholic <laughs> you've been run, you were running at a public yeah. school and it had been over she's yeah because you ran hurdles right jay yeah yeah because yeah, what was that dude that was killing it from cardinal ritter that was like six five or something raven was, was that his name raven uh no he was in your class ted he was like this super long dude that he ended up going to uh, cal he went to cal and ran track i think his name was raven or maybe his last name was raven i know exactly that dude was like six four <laughs> he came in i remember he came in and um he was he was cold but i remember him because he also High jumped. Yep, and he did high dude jump. Didn't yep. e dude didn't even start until, like, we were jumping in, like, well, now we, I didn't make it to 6'5 or 6'7 <laughs> when niggas were jumping that. But that's when he entered the contest. Right. I think he cleared seven foot at one of the things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, every time I come back home, I go back to the record books, record board, make sure my name is still up there. So what's your name up there for, Jay? 300 hurdles. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Was it, uh, is it, nah, you got the yeah. record for the school? Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. So nobody's got that yet? Ain't nobody nah. finna beat that, man. Uh, it was a pretty dang solid. Oh, solid. What meet was that at? I broke the record at, I think it was uh, sectionals on the way to state. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I was on the way to state. And matter of fact, I remember that year is crazy because, you know, at the start of the year, you know, I was, one speed, one strength, and then over the course of the year, I actually got faster, right? And I remember, and it's crazy, because junior year, going to state, I hit the first hurdle. Because I think I was 15 up on 16 or something like that. But by the end of the year, I was getting to the first hurdle faster. So, like, my steps were messed up by the time I got to the hurdle. So I hit the first hurdle, panicked, right? Came back, tried to get back in the league, ended up completely 
like gassing out at the last like hundred or something. And then my senior year, same thing happened, but I recovered, right? Mm. Because again, at the end of the year, I was getting faster. So I think at districts, legit same thing happened. Came out the blocks, hit the first hurdle. I was the number one seed, I was in lane four. Hit the first hurdle, I'm like, fuck, right? So boom, bang it out, end up qualifying. The next meet is when I broke the record. And then when I got to state, there was one cat, I forget his name, but he was like, grown. <laughs> he had <the laughs> body suit, you know what I'm saying? Like the spandex body suit, he had yep. openings. i never forget it. Cause at that, I think that year. Where was he from? Poplar Bluff, I think. Oh, wow. That, you know, it's a gang of black, it's a black dude too? Black dude. Yeah, Pablo Love, they got a gang of black people down there, man. Yeah, and I remember, because there was this, like, private Pepsi in invitation uh, track meet that I got invited to. And again, I was, like, I had lost. And then I saw this dude. He was the only dude that beat me that year. Um, what was, like, cold. Like, this motherfucker <laughs> came out. Like I said, he had them oaks. He had the bodysuit. You know, we 17 years old. I'm like, yeah, he got the full joint like he working for Adidas. <laughs> yeah, bro. I had all them flimsy little Vianney shorts. Look, like a basketball jersey and a curl. You know what I'm saying? My shit wasn't aerodynamic. I was just so I think I got second in that race. And then I saw him at state. And I was I was the uh fastest qualifier for he won, he was the fastest qualifier for he two. Hit the first hurdle. And I'll never forget it because afterwards mm -hmm. he was like, Yeah, I saw your race, bro. He's like, I really wanted to I wanted to get with you. Oh, and so you didn't qualify for the finals on the after no, that. Legit same thing happened. Hit the first hurdle, panicked, came around the curve. Um, no, matter of fact, I'm sorry, the year before it was a sectional where it happened. This year it happened at state. So the, my qualifying race, and I'm so pissed because I'd already smoked everybody. And I was like number one seed in my heat, hit the first hurdle. I remember I got the lead coming off the curve, and that last hundred was just rough. And I ended up being like fifth, and they took top four. Dang. Yeah, but you know, whatever. It's not like I remember that shit or anything. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, not at all, brother. I mean, you know, that's a uh, well. Number one, Vianney ain't got enough black people to, to mm. contest the record. They don't. I they just don't, no, they don't no, no. I've seen a lot of black dudes <laughs> coming through Vianney, man. They got some football. I, I think they got. That's why I was. That's why I thought your record. That's why I'm seeing your record. I was like, many, many black dudes about, about the football team. I was thinking that they would ran track during the spring. I had a good time. There was for a good ten years after I graduated high school. I would go back every spring. <laughs> they qualifying times for a good 10 years i would have still been top three like with my time mm. the dude that won that year was i think he he shattered the state record by like three seconds or something. wow that's something ridiculous i was like damn i wouldn't be you said I wouldn't be <laughs> no matter what level <laughs> of conditioning you was in <laughs> i would have broke my record though Cause he was that like I would have been you know trying to catch him. Right, so you'd have been but, up and up in your game because of him. Yeah, that two three second. I don't know if I, that's a that's a beast. And by the way, my track coach loved him to death. He was also like my English teacher. So <laughs> who was that? I think it was Ripplinger. Ripplinger. Yeah, Rip. And then Coach Moore, but Coach Moore did distance, so it wasn't like I had like. And I'm not knocking my coaches, but I remember I was no, doing, I didn't. I know exactly. I know exactly what you said. That's how I felt about high jump. I only did high jump to get better at basketball until they threw me in the heat with Pete Forder, and I got embarrassed. Oh, right. yo, that shit was hilarious. It was Pete Forder <laughs> and Francis Shin. And Francis. Daryl talking about 
It was hilarious. But wait, there were more people who embarrassed you. No, 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 no. It no, was embarrassing. JC, <laughs> you don't understand, bro. They did not prep me. I was not prepped. Like, I only, I came in for high jump, and it was like, oh, Ted, you quick. You should run in this heat. You yeah. remember, so you remember the homie Sebastian? Yeah. Uh, that went to school with us? Mm-hmm. So, Sebastian was in the first heat with the, with the fast cats. I was in the second heat. And there was another dude from our school, Charlie or something like that. That were that, that uh, ran track. Kogan. Yep, exactly. So there was only enough to. There was more. I think we only had like there was nine people or something like that. And when Sebastian saw who he was running against, he disqualified on purpose. <laughs> right? He jumped the gun on purpose twice. Yeah. No, so I don't even they smoke. Don't at all. So they combined. So they end up combining to the two heats into one. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going on. Nigga, I'm in same them same Vianney shorts and some goddamn basketball hoop and shoes. Right? Teddy out there running in J's. <laughs> they weren't even J's. It was the team shoes that they used to give us. With some air ones, who was out there running in the first No, air you remember them big brick shoes they used to give us them team shoes? <laughs> so yeah. I'm lined up. Dub. Yeah. I'm telling you, get down in the blocks, gun goes off, and, like, Alan was there. So he tells it. He was like, Ted, when I saw you, he's like, I knew you were in run track because the first thing that happened, gun went off, you popped straight up. Like, I just saw your head come up. Right? Because right? like, that's how I run. Yeah. I feel like I look over for, like, two steps, and I'm with people. I'm like, oh, shit, these niggas ain't that fast. Nigga, yeah. I blinked. It was dust. The niggas got so little that I just started walking. <laughs> I, started, I, I got like five steps in. And I just started walk like walk jogging. I went over and I high fived Alan, and I gave my girlfriend a kiss, Cappy at the time. <laughs> and I just, like so they start calling out the times. It was just like you know it was like five, four, some four, eight, five. This is and that. I finally crossed the line. They were like fourteen two. hundred. <laughs> 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 this is like the 40. <laughs> like, the 100-meter dash. The <laughs> 100-meter dash. Hey, dude. I just walked up to my coach. I was like, yeah, man, I'm just going to train up my own for basketball. I'll wait for basketball season. I don't even need this no more. Bro. I, just, I remember we used to get – I remember the first time, and it might have been the Pepsi invitation. We had brought, like, people brought their own blocks. Okay. Oh, like, wow. You know, the, the, the blocks we had at Viani. We're like old, like old, old blocks. And then I'll never forget, I was in a race, and these people brought like, you ever been to the shoe store, and they, you know, they measure your foot? Mm-hmm. It looked like that, so they, they went like this way, and then the blocks were in it. My shit was like these clunky, like they, had to put together. <laughs> they were all like, they were like this high and shit. And these other blocks were like pristine. And they got in there with their cleats, you know, and I had like, when I first started running, I, you know, you go get some spikes, you don't know what you get. But over the course of years, I was like, let me go ahead and take it seriously. So anyway, yeah, I miss So track. Jay, let, let's, let's go back, man. Let's, let's start back with, uh, you know, where you, where you came from and your, your upcoming, like, so what part of St. Louis you from? And like, had sex, right? They had sex, <laughs> and then my mom had me, okay? Then, <laughs> go ahead, I'm listening. No, 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 I'm saying like, so, where, where, what part of St. Louis you from? Like, what was that kind of upbringing and kind of, you know, how you got to work, you know, Vianney and full? It, it was, it, we moved a lot. So, you know, I, I grew up like Chesterfield, Baldwin area. 
but we moved all the time. So I ended up going to like, I think five different schools. Damn, I before think, high school. Yeah, I think I went to, yeah, before high school. I think I went to Henry Elementary, Oakwood Elementary, Parkway South Middle, mm-hmm. St. Joe's Middle, and then Vianney for high school. I think that was five, yeah. So Vianney, yeah. so Vianney was the school you was at the longest. Freeze? So Vianney yeah. school you at the longest, basically. Yeah, and I went to Vianney. See, it was funny because eighth grade, I was at Parkland South Middle and, you know, started messing around in school, acting up. And my mom was like, keep that shit up, I'm going to put you in Catholic school. And I was like, <laughs> a good one and then next thing i know i got like a d and something <laughs> like that so halfway through eighth grade i went from parkway south middle to st joseph's and when i tell you i was like <laughs> because all those kids have been going to school with each other since kindergarten mm-hmm. and i was the only exactly how i felt about vianney oh yeah so i was the only black kid in the whole school but it was only for like half a semester so you know, I was like, whatever. But then it was a dude who uh, I played basketball with in middle school, Jake Wilson. He had gone to Parkland South, but he was like, I want to go to the school called Vianney. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I think my mom's going to make me go to a Catholic school. So you're the only cat I know I play ball with. Let me figure this out early before she make me choose, choose me like somewhere at Kennedy or some shit. That part, that part. You know what I'm saying? So then I just ended up, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know nothing about none of that stuff. And I went to, I ended up going to Vianney and got in. Dang. I didn't know you went to school with Jake first. That's that's interesting because I know that's we, we went to Parker South Middle because I remember Jake Wilson always had a jumper. Always, bro. Oh, his jumper was always wet, bro. So like I just remember matter of fact, because we was buddies, like I would go to his house and his whole room was just basketball. And he had all these like gadgets and devices. Like I remember he had that thing that goes over your thumb. Yeah. He just had all the stuff, right? So he was dope at basketball. So I was just trying to like get better. You know what I'm saying? And then ended up going to Vianney. I think he made, like, varsity freshman year. Well, I don't think he's, he didn't start. But then it was, like, tab at Anyway, so, but, yeah, Jake is the reason I ended up going to Vianney. That's wow. great. Please get me out of here. And then my mom was like, <laughs> Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Vianney, though. Shout out. I mean, are you, are you, you got to be in the top, like, 20 um, um, uh, alumni right now, right? I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe, probably. I don't know. What Trent Green? Yeah. I was gonna say it's Trent Green, and then and then Jason. <laughs> That's, uh, maybe top three. <laughs> I mean, it was. It looked, I don't know. I think there were some good. There were some dope people that came out of Vianney. Um, but I don't know. Vianney is one of the places I talk about it all the time. Where I truly did hate it for a period of time, and I, I just can't lie about that. Mm-hmm. But I also know that. I learned so much because of how sort of that school was. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like you learn the game of life. That's how I feel about SLU. Like you learn the game of life early. Like it's like you had you already knew what it was. College was not a, a thing for me. Like okay, this, what are y'all tripping off of? This is what this is the game. <laughs> I, but I, I said this last time I went home because I always go check back in. I'm cool with the faculty. A lot of the cats we went to school with are younger than us. Are now teachers and you know, faculty there. So I'm still, you know, in touch with them. But I remember for years, I was always saying, like, I wish there were more black kids here. I wish there were more black kids here for, for, for the black kids that go there, right? But then I realized something within the last couple of years, and it's based on what you just said, and I told the alumni director this, 
I said, you know, for years I've been saying you need more black students here for so the other black students here can have people that look like them, that understand them, that can converse with them. I said, but the reality is you don't need it for the black kids. You need it for the other kids. Mm-hmm. I said, because by the time I graduated, I was hit to the I was hit to the game. Like I can maneuver in any situation. I could go to any city, any county, hood, suburb, downtown. Like I know how to navigate. You know what I'm saying? I said it'd be the kids that have gone to school with the same people since kindergarten, through high school, sheltered, don't know how to interact with other people, sex, religion, ethnicities, views. By the time they get to school and then you get freedom, those be the same kids that now I'm blackout drunk, now I'm doing all kind of wild shit. You didn't have you didn't have to worry about consequences and growing up in a different way. And that's not everybody, you know. But it's a nice like, majority of the people. It's a it's a solid majority. Like I didn't even man that at that school, people talk about public and private school. Kids, and not just at my school, but from what I've just from the people I know. It was a different way. I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? But anyway, but I learned a lot, and like I said, you know, it ended up being like a blessing. So, how did you end up going to Indiana, man? Like going to Bloomington and in that journey to go that what that route to go to Indiana, particularly where where you are now, being in, in Cali, doing your thing there. Why Indiana at the time? So I played piano, and I was really, you know, really, really good classical pianist. And I was like, I'm either gonna go to Juilliard or Oberlin was another conservatory. But then there was this three-week, excuse me, piano academy that IU had. And IU had one of the top uh, music programs in the country that I didn't know about, right? So I had gone for this summer program, and it was dope because it was like a university, but it was still a conservatory. So it was kind of the best of both worlds because I was still athletic. Um, and I ended up running track at, at IU for like a small period of time until I realized, like, that's You ain't ready. Career. You ain't ready. <laughs> that's a whole other career. Like, I was good. But I wasn't like, I'm going to the Olympics good, you know. But I was good. But IU provided all of it. So I was, you know, top-notch music program. It was still a school, like a university, so you got that college experience. It wasn't that far from home. It was like a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive, you know. And then that's where I ended up, you know, joining Alpha. So I got the fraternity experience as well. So I had a really cool sort of like overall college experience. But again, and I know it seems like I, you know, might have shit on my high school, but going through that prepped me for all of that. So that's why I ended up being president of my frat and doing. I did. A, I did everything in school, you know, because I I learned a lot. Ted, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was gonna ask because uh, it's funny because me and Jason kind of talked about this last week. Uh, me coming from SLU and then going to Vianney, like that was just, even that. Changing of itself was way different because I forgot you went to SLU first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Slew, That's Slew, what I was saying. Like, with me. You was like indoctrinated into to Viani, like so. I don't know if it was much of a like if if you had to pivot as much because like it was to me it was like a completely like it went from like subtle to overt when I got there. Really? Um, like I was so happy that you went some out here. It just being uh, just being me. So I know it taught you how to move. Do you are there any experiences that you feel like you you may have missed out on not being in a more diverse place? 
Um, you know, in general, I'm not a person who specific you know from 7 30 to 2 30. Mm-hmm. outside of that window i was like i said, high school piano lessons and then my family my friends so i was i was out of it actually added to it i had a, I was at kind of that was my diversity that's real i can yeah. see that were there any um so in your class was that were you the only uh minority in your class too no well when you said no so I mean, black dude. I, I didn't want to say minority. No, no, no. Just say black. <clears throat> this, we, no, we no. Just say just, Louis. Listen. Our minority is just black in St. Louis. Uh, no, no. Because that's the difference. That's the difference. That, 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 I thought that. But, like, so for me, when I graduated, I was the only minority that graduated. Like, when they did statistics for Vianney, when me and Jason were there, how many? The, the school was, like, 700? Like, 700? I think we made up 1%. And that was minority total. So that's counting Indian, Asian, black. Yeah. So that's all about I think there was some, I know there was at least one Asian dude. Um, I think there were three of us. Me, Ahmad, and I think his name was George. I forgot about Ahmad, yep. Yeah, it was one other dude. I forget his name. I forget his name. I feel bad about it. But yeah, so I think it was three of us. But also, the crazy part about it is like, we were like we weren't even we weren't close, you know. It's not that we were That's interested. There was there wasn't no black gravity there. That's really interesting. Nah, not at the time. But again, that also might have been because of me, because I was like, I just wanted as soon as bell rang, I was out. He was out. You know, I wanted to go be around my my friends and you know that stuff. stuff so, so I meant to ask you too. How did your uh, your piano concert? Because I know you were doing it for uh, charity. Uh, tell us about that and tell us how it went. Or if it went, because I know that was also around the time that Corona was supposed to be kicking off. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be May 31st. I had to push it back because okay. it was right in the heart of it. Um, so I'm probably going to do it sometime later this year once things kind of clear up. But I was looking really forward to it, man. I- because I haven't performed in what, 10, over 10 years? Oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow. It's not longer than that. Yeah. So the trip, the, so the move to LA, what made that whole thing happen where you're like, yo, I want to act, I want to write, I want to direct, and I'm going to go to LA after Indiana? I always tell people, like, I got lucky that my skill sets are 
industry, right? So what I mean by that is, I don't know why I could play piano. I don't know why I could write. I don't know why I'm an actor or director, right? It just so happened me as an artist, this was the, that was the funnel. So when I got to school, I actually broke my thumb playing flag football freshman year and I was on scholarship. And that was the first time I had to look and go, okay, what do you want to do if you don't do this? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, let me take class. And I took an acting class, loved it. And I think that's when I was like, I want to be an actor. And uh, I'll never forget it. One of my uh, piano coaches, uh, I called him. And mind you, I still graduated with a piano degree. I just added theater. But I remember telling my mom, my, 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 the, the coach I had at the time, he wasn't my main teacher. I would just get with him, you know, right before competition or performance, right? And yeah, I think I want to be an actor. I don't want to be a classmate. And he was just so mad. <laughs> oh, wow. He was high. I remember because he goes, and I, because yeah, I said, you know, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to be an actor. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I got you. There's a phrase you better, you better get used to saying. And is it, do you want fries with that? Because that's what you're going to be doing. Dang. Oh, wow. Thanks for the support. And I remember, though, that was the day I was like, oh, I'm a grown-ass man. Because I hung <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to holler at you. Boop. And that was the first time I, like, hung up on, like, a, you know, an elder or a professional. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, you know. And mind you, him and I are cool now. I've, I called him a couple years ago just to keep in touch. He's still in St. Louis doing music. Wonderful guy. But I think he was just so hurt because I was so good. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted me to keep doing it. Um, but for whatever reason, man, God was like, we're going to put you on this path. Um, so, and then it became New York or LA and I can't sing. So it was LA. So, th- so you went straight from uh, IU to LA? Uh, I went back home for like six months. Cause okay. I graduated. I think I graduated in the spring. Is that right? No. But yeah. You graduated in the spring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Triple. Graduated, went back home. Oh, that's right, because I couldn't get to, I moved into LA in like July or August. So what, April? Mm-hmm. That's like three months, yeah. Yeah, damn, I forgot it was that quick. Yeah, but then I came straight out. I went back home, I was the musical director at West Side Story at a theater in St. Charles. Did that, and then got paid a little bit of bread, paid off a bunch of bills, and then I was like down to my last little $200, and I've said the story before, but down to my last two, and I'm like, if I crack this $100 bill, I'm not leaving. Mm. Like, I'm not leaving. So I just said a prayer. I was like, if I'm supposed to go to LA, let me go. I said, if I'm supposed to stay, let me stay. I'll stay. You know, but if I'm not, let me go. And then I left in the next 30 minutes. Dang. So you just you left with $200? Yeah. Did you fly out, drive out, or? Bro. Went and picked my nephew up because I said I, I called my sister. I came out of the back room and I'm like, Mom, I'm moving to LA. And she was like, Okay. So I called <laughs> my sister and I'm like, Hey, I'm out. And she's like, Okay. But my nephew at the time, uh, Darian, he was like 15. I, he answered the phone. I was like, What up now? I was like, I'm just calling to tell you I'm out. He's like, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to LA. He said, Okay, how you getting there? I said, I'm driving. And he said, Can I ride with you? And I was like, Ask your mama. So he's like, Can I ride the LA with Uncle Jay? And she was like, yeah. I said, bro, I'll be there in like 20 minutes, pack a bag. So I went and scooped him up and then we drove out and uh, got here in like two and a half days. Matter of fact, I reached out to Frat in Albuquerque and they let me crash because- Wow. Yeah, at the time, this is before social media and stuff. 
So you had to go to their website, to the frat website, find out the frat uh, email and email them. <laughs> I'm like, I looked at the, uh, the route and I said, okay, I can make it 17 hours the first day. Cause I was like, I'm trying to get here. And it just so happened like there was, a, it was Albuquerque, New Mexico. I said, okay, I could go through there. So I went online, dial in, right? Find it, <laughs> email somebody at an EDU account. And um, they hit me back. And I was just like, hey, I'm from Gamma Ada, blah, blah, blah. Does anybody just have a, a, a floor I could crash on? You know, I just need to get some sleep and I'm out. And then somebody hit me back and I, I got to Albuquerque. They said, call this number when you get to Albuquerque. I got there, I'll never forget it. These bros pulled up, I was at a gas station. They pulled up, they gave me a, a, a key to, uh, to a hotel. They got me a hotel room and they gave me these, there was these cookies, I guess, that the hotel gave them, like, you know, check in. <laughs> yeah. So they gave me, they were like, we got you, Fred. They put me up in the spot, gave me some cookies. And they said, hey, we finna go watch, um, it was the Lakers in the finals. They said, we finna go to the homie's house and watch the, watch the game if you wanna come. Is this, La this Lakers Pistons, right? This got to be Lakers Pistons, right? Yeah, it's 2004, so yes, yeah, Lakers Pistons. Yeah, yeah. So they was like, "We finna go watch the game. If you want to fall through, come through." So I'm like, "All right, bet." So we went. Me and my nephew went to the, somebody's house, watched the game. They fed me, you know. They was like, "All right, frat," and that was it. Like it was so love, bro. Wow, that's an so amazing love. story, man. Yeah, man. And the crazy part about it, I recently tried to. Uh, Cause for years I'm like I forgot who them cats were. Oh, so you didn't even keep up. You didn't. You it was literally like you was just a thief in the night, like just came through and then was out. Yeah, and that and or God, you know, I really believe that you know he she will make a way. So like you really want to do something? He's like he'll put you know let me, let me put you some 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 allies in there for you. So so and I say that because I tried to find the grudge later. Also like the email addresses would you know yeah be gone and. But I really was like, damn, that's crazy. They have no idea how to me even just getting to LA. And when I tell you, tell you, bro, it was so love. Cause I'm like, bro, if y'all just got a pillow and I'm out, like, I would have slept on the floor. So you've never five. found these cats to this day? Nope. So, you know, the crazy part I think about is like their, their thoughts, like right now, like they turn on and see you. But do they even know who he on is? On the be like, yo, that's. That's brother, but they might not even know that though. They might not even know. They might know. be telling the story about like, man, this is dude that went to LA. We don't even know what happened to him. He ate up all the fucking cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so this motherfucker drove all the way out, but tore up a hotel room, broke a TV. You broke a TV? <laughs> no, I'm just no. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got that. Like, oh shit. But that's dope though. They even the fact that they even put up, you know. Money to get a, a spot for you, so you can become. You're not even on the floor, bro. Your own stuff, your own room. And you're talking about like young, to like 22, 23 year old. That that's why I was like, that's amazing, bro. Because niggas did not have no cake in. They had it in their budget. And again, I just to lean into it. No Twitter, no no Facebook, mm. no social media. Like so, they what, couldn't even see what type of dude you were or none of that stuff. No, just a just an email to an edu account. Like hey. You but probably can figure out who they are. You got to go through the, go to through New Mexico and they'd be like, yo, who pledged the, these years? Find them, and say yeah. like 2000 to 2004, who was there? And then just email all of them or hit them up on Facebook. I tried. No, the, the emails came back. Like the, No, I'm talking about like currently go to an ad, like hit the, 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 the young oh, cats. Like, yeah, okay. And yeah. it'd be like, yo, who, who, because somebody know old head still like, 
who the old head and know somebody from between 2000 2004 right right okay yeah i get on that yeah because that'd be an amazing thing though to like be like yo like y'all really catapulted me to this for sure yeah so when you got out to la like did you know anybody anything like you are you just go out there blind or a little bit of both so my dad has a daughter that lived out here so i have a, I have a sister right mm -hmm. um but we like she moved away when i was like five or six so she moved to cal um so when i was in school and i remember uh, i was making the decision to come out i hadn't talked to my sister in like again years so something told me well if i'm gonna pull up in cali i should at least try to find like i have a sister out there yeah so I find her number I give her a call I was like, hey, this is your young brother, you know, like, just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm moving to L.A. and I know you live in L.A., so I just wanted to just say hi. Yeah. And luckily enough, she was like, oh, that's so great. Well, you know what? I have a house. If you need to crash, so you get on your feet. Mm. So I was like, oh, say less. Wow. <laughs> so that's why it was like, okay, I'm out. So as soon as I got here, I was like, I'll just find a job. I'll figure it out. But when I got to L.A., she lives out like an hour and a half, two hours east of L.A. And then L.A. traffic is dishes. So you were like, what, Victorville or some shit, Pomona or? Uh, that's funny. No, I'm not uh, Moreno Valley. Okay. Victorville is north, I think. Kind of north. I know it's like northeast. It's far as fuck, though. I know yeah, it's, it's right, so, so it's more Pomona area, like Pomona? I think it's past Pomona. It's past Pomona. Damn. Yeah, okay. so it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice trip. So then I remember I got here. I got a job at Guess in the mall. And... I was just filling up my tank. I just drive into the city and be like, <laughs> I was just driving to LA. I remember it was a Magic Johnson TGI Fridays down in Inglewood. And it was like, that's a spot black people go to. So I was just driving there and I was starting to write my first script at the time. I was just sort of sit around and look at people like, I'm here. But, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know shit. <laughs> but it was so how'd you How'd you end up uh, landing your first position uh, with uh, Seth and Pride. So uh, at IU, <clears throat> and this goes directly into when you're on your path, I truly believe doors will open, if you for real though, not if you bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. the, after I really decided to move to LA, I was so excited about it. Um, I remember I had a, to give an oil change. So I took my car Saturday morning early. I was in the waiting room and there was another white cat in the room and ESPN was on. And he was like in a suit or something. And I think he worked for like Enterprise, right? And I just remember saying, hey man, you too mad if I turn it up? And he goes, no, nah, that's cool. So I turned the TV up and he goes, man, you seem, you seem really happy. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm moving to LA. I'm about to go out and be an actor. I'm just, like I'm about. He says, well, you know, uh, I know two people that live out there. I know two people, uh, one of them went to IU, um, and then the other one is somebody else, but hey, give me your email address and I'll send you their information. Cats didn't have the setup, like people understand like back in the day, it wasn't no like, yo, I'm just gonna give you the, no, you had to like, yo, give me your email real quick. I'm, you email me, wait three days, yeah. then yeah. I'll respond, wait another three days, cause people weren't online like that. <laughs> no different, like it was a whole different setup. So he gives me his email address, um, I end up, email, no, he gives me the two people's email addresses. Okay. Uh, I emailed both of them. One was a makeup artist. She never wrote me back. 
Wow. The other was this dude who was like a junior assistant at New Line Cinema. So I hit, I hit him up and I said, hey, my name is at the time Jason Lee, you know, moving to LA, blah, 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 blah. And my brain, I'm like, you work for New Line? They made Minister Society. I'm an actor. What's happening? <laughs> and and they, like, also did, they also did uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> right. Well, anything that had that, that cinema logo, I'm like, yeah. put me on. He's like, I, hey, I don't have no power. B, that's <laughs> Uh, but at the time, I was starting to write my first screenplay just because I was like, I'm going to write a movie. So he hits me back, and I'm, you know, asking him the questions everybody asks. I really want to come to L.A. and be an actor. Do you have any advice? Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you got to come to L.A. And I told him I was writing the script. He's like, just get, come here. So I say the prayer, talk to my sister, hop in a whip, come out. So then I'm at TGI Fridays. Uh, and, and matter of fact, no, when I got here, uh, he took me to lunch, took me to Chipotle, paid for it. He's like, just pay it forward. I do this for all Indiana University people, you know. That's what's up. Super solid. Man, this dude, is, his name is Dave Neustadter. I told him he's another one of them angels that just kind of came at the right time. And then like three, four weeks later, he gave me a call. And he was like, hey, I don't know if you need a job or not, but there's this opening at Family Guy. And I'm like, what's that? And he's, yeah, he's like, it's a show. They're looking for somebody at the front desk. The girl who worked there, she got a promotion. So her, her desk, the receptionist desk was open. And I remember thinking like, man, I don't know if I want to take this job. So I go in and I apply, I interview and I get hired. And I start working at Family Guy. What, so how did it transition to actually writing for the Family Guy and for the Cleveland show? So at the time, I really was like, why am I the, the receptionist, right? Because it was so not a part of the plan, you know? And I'm like, I'm about to move to LA and be an actor. And then I'm now at this front desk. And, I, and I, I've said this before, and I always say, you know, be mindful of what you ask for, because you might get it. Mm. And I always go back to this time when I was at my mom's house and I said that prayer, literally it was like, okay, if I'm supposed to stay, fuck it, I'll stay. And I would say, that's how I talk to God. Like, fuck it, let's, okay, let's just rap. Let's just <laughs> give it to me straight, you know what I mean? And I was like, if I'm supposed to stay here, I'll do it. But if I'm not, I said, I remember, let me go out and let me do it like it's never been done before. He's like, okay, boom, get to LA, bam, I'm gonna do it like it's never been done before. Validate this parking. <laughs> I'm like, that, maybe you didn't hear me, God, I was like, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be, be blowing up. Blowing up. I'm supposed to be that dude. Little do I know that that is how I meet Seth. That's how I meet so many people in this industry, you know, who I'm still friends with to this day. Um, and I, I, I was at Family Guy for what, two and a half years? Just working the front desk. Just working the front desk. And I've been offered promotions and stuff, but I... I passed on it because I had, there was a certain amount of freedom I had at the front. Mm. I didn't really want more responsibility. Um, and they kind of coined me the, the bartender or family guy because what would happen is when people would get tired of like working or writing, they'd all kind of get out of their office and come to the front. And chop and it up like, with you. Just chop it up. But I'm at the front, bro, hustling. You're getting all the nuggets. Bro, all of it. But I'm like writing, I'm cutting up headshots. I'm like hustling, trying to get my career going. So I'll be looking up. And then 
you know, this person wants to talk or this person wants to talk. But then me and Seth just became friends. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, you know, after I left, we were just buddies for a long time. And then the Cleveland show kind of happened like, what? Like five years later. Oh, wow. So it was a time period between that Family Guy experience and coming to the Cleveland show. Yeah, yeah. I left, I left Family Guy February 2008. That makes sense. No, shit, it don't even matter. Um, no, it does matter for this. 2007. Left there after two and a half years. And then for like five, four years, I was just hustling. You know, mm-hmm. I met some other people. Some people were producers. They bring me on to help, like, in the office, shoot some stuff. Um, luckily, I never had to go get another nine to five, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Shout out to B. Simone. What's that? Shout out to B. Simone. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so what happened? Um, but you ended up selling uh, that script, though, too, that you were writing, right? I sold, I, I sold a few things. Yeah, I sold a few scripts. Um, but it's, you know... So, so most of these scripts are blacklisted or what is the... No, no, no. So the, one of the scripts I wrote, there's a thing called the blacklist. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy, uh, Franklin Leonard, who used to be an agent, and he started this list. Um, and it was very smart. But he basically, he would go around to all the agencies and say, hey, send me the best script you guys did make this year. You know, just to kind of see. And I also think he, this is what he said, and I don't want to misquote him, but you know, flipping the concept of black being negative, blacklist, like. Mm. So he just put together these these scripts that, you know, studios and agencies sort of passed on. Um, and then he started to compile this list. And what happened was this list ended up being like gems on there. Oh, it, it, it blew, blew up a lot of shit, yeah. Like, uh, so many, like, so many scripts were on this fucking, you know, Oscar Juno, like Oscar winning projects. Um, so one of the scripts me and my old writing partner wrote wound up making the blacklist. Um, and that kind of opened up a lot of meetings and doors. But the thing about writing scripts is like, it's from the time you start writing to the time you get a check, it could be 10 years. Yeah. You know, you gotta finish it, you gotta rewrite it, you gotta rewrite it, you gotta, rewrite it. It, you gotta sell it, you gotta negotiate it, that takes forever. So it's it's not as easy as just. <laughs> it's not like doing a paper, Vianney. <laughs> I know, I mean, I'm I'm about to make a movie next year that I wrote back in 2000 and shit, 2010. So Damn. Years, wow. yeah. So how did how did it go to you get on the Orville? Like how did that? What it went from the? I guess no, no. Let's go back. Cleveland Show experience, like. I mean, how did that? He had a few projects after that too. Yeah. Right? So uh, like, what the, happened? The how did, BT and. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's go Cleveland show first. So you get the, how did you get the Cleveland show deal and how was uh, the experience writing, writing in the background and not doing acting that you wanted yeah. to do? Well, I got to go back for a quick sec. I got to shout out my boy, Rob Lope, because Rob uh, is a producer out here. Really dope cat. Big St. Louis Rams fan. Rams fan too. But he, is I'm he from St. Louis? No, he's from Cali. Oh, okay. So he just stayed a Rams fan after they left LA basically. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I met him hooping. And he, at the time, uh, remember that show? It was either Fifth Wheel or Blind Date, one of those reality shows. I remember both of them. <laughs> you know, I remember I grew up on the north side with no cable, so every show that was on terrestrial uh, TV, I saw all of them. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? And, but I think he had done one of those shows. Anyway, he was doing um, – he had sold the show to BET that was sort of like a – This is Hell Day, Hell Day, right? Mm -mm. No, this is before that. Uh, it was one of those shows, though. Okay. That was in that era. But he was shooting this non-arable pilot for a show they sold. So what happens is at the time, and I think they still do it, you go to a network or a studio, you pitch a show, and they'll give you some a little bit of money where you can go kind of shoot an what, idea. A quick question with that, though, because I, I heard after, this is something in general I've been reading about and like hearing about. So I heard after the writer's strike, that whole, that whole concept was deaded after the writer's strike where like they weren't doing like because networks had like a hundred pilots where they shooting it and after the writers strike they would like they start deadening like no we ain't we only really going green light anything unless we maybe gonna really do it yeah i think it did change a lot because i mean it was this was different since it was like a reality show okay okay it is a little different but this was like a dating show they were trying to do and it's funny because so my roommate at the time who I went to IU with, he ended up coming out to LA a year, or you know, six months after we graduated. He played ball with us, knew Rob. Rob was like, hey, I'm looking for like some young dudes to be in this dating pilot thing, just so we could shoot it and show it. So it was like four guys, four girls. He booked it, but then couldn't do it because he had to go to Chicago. And he was like, yo, Jay, you know that one guy we play ball with, he's doing this thing. I can't do it, maybe you can do it. I was like, all right, I guess I'll do it. But I really wasn't trying to do like a dating reality show. Right. Mm -hmm. But I talked to him, he's like, yeah, no, it's not airable. We're not gonna air it. It's just so we can show the network. Proof of concept, basically. Proof, exactly. So I get there and it was called, basically it's a dating show, five, four girls, four guys. And if you get voted off, you go into the basement, which is a kickback lounge or something. But uh, I remember Tiffany Haddish was one of the people on there too. Wow. Yeah. I, met I met Tiffany then, and I remember she was like, you know, this got to be, what, 2005? Maybe 2006? Um, but she was like, you know, just trying to do comedy, and like, you know, she was from L.A., and she was just trying to do comedy, and ended up doing this thing, and, you know, it's funny to see years later, it's like, oh, shit, you, you know, you really blew up. But, so, sorry, met Rob, Rob, um, had some projects here and there. So he would, you know, hit me up and say, hey, man, if you want to come over here, help us cast this or help us produce this. So that led to uh, me being out one night with Seth and the Cleveland show had been on for two seasons already. And I just asked him like, yo, what's up with the Cleveland show? I think I could be good for it. And he's like, you know what? I think you're right. So I sent him my material, they read it. And the next thing I know I was in the Cleveland show room. And I'd never been in a writer's room before. So that was my first time. So how was the experience being in a writer's room? Uh, it, it was it how many, and then I guess, or how many black people was in that writer room as well? Me, I was three. Okay, okay. That's, that's pretty, I mean, considering that time, that's, that's fucking diverse. <laughs> no, that was a big deal. Um, it was, uh, yeah, Courtney and Clarence were up to, and it was great. It was a whole different world. You know, it's like, it's its own room, literally. You know, there's verbiage, there's a lot of stuff you gotta learn about the room, when to pitch, when not to pitch, how to pitch, how not to pitch, you know. So for me, it was great. But I, I look at everything in my life, even going back to Beyonce, right? As, okay, what's here for me? What's the blessing here? You know, what can I take from this situation? Um, so I learned a lot in that writer's room, a lot. And I did that for two seasons, then that show got canceled. And then, yeah, that started, I forgot.
So no, B, uh, Ted was saying BT. Like, so you went to BT after that. Oh, that's what made me think about Rob. That was Rob's show. It was mm -hmm. on BT. Yeah, so BT, he sold another show to, to another show to them and brought me on as like the head writer for that show. What show so, was that? It was called um, The Experience. Okay, and what was that? What was the concept of that? I don't remember that. Do you remember that, Ted? Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. It was it was kind of like a, a, a strip show. Like, yeah. You know, um, Kids and stuff. Yeah, yep. Remember that show, Tosh Point On? Yeah, okay, okay. So it's like the small clips and all that and somebody yeah. talking about it. In the background, and be like, and then this thing happened and we showed a clip. So it was, was kind of like that, but with a black audience and a black voice. So they hired this um, as the host. And I think it went for like a season. And I was on air correspondence sometimes. You know, I'd come okay. on. I did. I think I had some viral bit. I forgot what it was, but somehow I mixed like Kermit the Frog and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> How that, I kind of tied it together. It was weird. But yeah, I did that for a sec. And then uh, I sold another show that went into development that ultimately didn't go. But at that same time, Seth had uh, just pitched Orville. And mm. we were out at dinner and he's like, hey, I'm working on a sci-fi project. There's a role I think you'd be great for. I kind of wrote it with you in mind. Let me know if you would be interested in doing it. And I was like, all right, <laughs> you know. And it Whatever, was, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And it was the Orville and it was huge, you know. Like, what's what's so crazy is I told I remember I told you I went to a screening thing like a a very very like a for like this oh. uh, this uh uh, uh like um uh, the uh like some kind of like uh survey thing and I was sitting there, I'm like and and like I I didn't want to blow it because I was like I was gonna blow it and, and give you props because they was like if you know anyone in here you know excuse yourself from uh from this screening. And I was like, this motherfucker, right? I, I, I ain't said, I'm in my man. I'm, I, had, I, I just sat back. So I'm sitting up watching. I was like, this motherfucker right here is sitting here. And I was like, I was like, no, I'm going to go in this room. I was in there big enough. Like, man, the black dude, though, man. I'm just saying, though, man, they need to let that motherfucker, though, get more lines. Like, everything. Like, dude, th th if there's a skew of anything, if, they, if, if Seth sees anything in that skew on Earth, what was it, 2017, maybe? Somewhere around there? Because how, how long has Orville been on? third season so 17 yeah 16 yeah so this maybe 16 maybe be 16 then because it didn't come out to like six seven months after that and i didn't see nothing because right. they, they didn't have no special effects no they was like they literally blacked out parts where it was special effects like nah. letting you know like this is going to be and it would say on there they're like special effects entering here and it'd be it like maybe half a minute yeah and yeah. i was like no that black dude though man i'm just saying that he ain't giving no more lines i mean and i'm the only black dude in there i'm like they ain't got no diversity for I'm early with it. All these people like, you know, you know, I mean, really, there's a black dude. But I was like, yeah, it's a black dude in space. We ain't seen that many black dudes in space since Yafe Kodo. So, what, like, he should be getting more props about how he got here. Yeah, I appreciate that. I remember when you told me that. When you, when yeah, because I actually hit Teddy up. As soon as I got out, I called Teddy. And then Teddy was like, yo, hit Jason, hit Jason up. Tell him. And then that's when we end up talking and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> It feels like that was so long ago. It, it feels was, like it's forever, don't it? It feels like it was, it feels like I'm telling the story of me coming to LA and that story feels like, yeah, and then- Like it was a part of it, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's only three years ago, three or four years ago. Crazy, crazy. So Ted, tell us this, Jason, considering that you feel like it was three years ago, how do you feel like from that point, things have changed? Cause now, you know, you got a, a new movie you just dropped. Um, 
and I'm pretty. I, I knowing you, I know there's a, a world of other uh, things on their way. So tell us um, about that. I think for me, I'm always trying to find the next thing. Hold on one second. Outside of being mayor of St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I watched them. I'm doing an interview. Um, yeah, man. I do remember when you did that, that when you called. Yeah, and I called. I, you remember I called hey, you directly. And what's like, funny is I, I remember because you was like. No, I sent you the thing to go to. I remember. Well, I couldn't make it because I had to work. But I yeah. remember you'd be like, yeah, man, Jason was always in there drinking soda. And I was like, yep. He told me about that part. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> he had the cup. And he was like, he was acting all, you know, extra like shit, nigga. Whatever yep, you want, <laughs> sipping on his cup. I was like, oh snap! I was like, oh, I'm gonna act up. And after the, uh, cause they they took you from one room, and it was like a one room thing. Like so, it's like like these these mirrors. So you knew that behind this mirror it was different people from Fox. I'm assuming behind it, watching us watch it. And then they took us to another room to discuss and another like a uh, double mirror talk about it oh, and i'm the only like dude up in there though and they put a nigga in the middle of the room though too like at the <laughs> back in the middle oh i was like oh y'all done fucked up y'all got the wrong motherfucker though sitting over here though because i was like no nah, no nah, first off the black man should have more lines before we start <laughs> off the start before we even start it's a black man in space and every black hey, man in space man. has died, and he ain't even died the first episode. Look what y'all Land, talking Land, about. Hey, Lando Cal, man. Jason Lando, Lando Cal, Cal, man, bro. look. That's why, Lando, that's why we named this show Lando Cal, because it wasn't, It was only Yafet Koto and Lando Cal Rizzi until, like, what, uh, Alien 2? And in mm -hmm. Alien 2, everybody black died. LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, yeah. But that's after Alien 2. Was was Alien 2 was 87, 86, 87. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> DNG, I guess that was what, 90? Yeah, and, 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 and then the black man that came, he was blind. When we had a fully functional black man, is Benjamin Sisko. First time we had a fully, fully functioning black man in space was Benjamin Sisko, and that's like 93. Well, look at that. Well, now it's <laughs> down the bar. Yeah, you have a long history of, of black men in space that you are a part of now. You own the, the Black History Month. Uh, uh, space uh, hey, calendar. Re hey, real talk. You need to make that a do. No, I'm dead ass serious, though, dog. Like, <laughs> like, like black people in space lineage. Yep. That's like it. all y'all faces. Yeah. Don't let them kill you, dog. Because then it, 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 it'll, it'll turn a little bit different. <laughs> nah, don't let don't, don't have no bad contract situation or or getting on me too to nothing. No man, to respect all the women. Do what you're supposed to be doing, no man. You should do that anyway. For yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be doing that anyway. But I'm just telling you. For sure. For, for the, the whole concept for, the, do, for the Black History Month calendar. For yeah. for the Black History Month calendar, we need you. For, for the cult. Yes. For the cult. So bring it back, Jason. Tell us about uh, Orville leading up to uh, Typical Wednesdays and what you got coming. Uh, so Orville did that. We're, we're shooting season three now, but things are moving shut down. So yeah. So when is that? The, the, sign of, when is that schedule? Like, how was that for you going forward with? Um, you know, uh, for shooting wise, like how's that going? Uh, it's it's good. I mean, it's they're long hours, you know. But I'm always somebody who likes to do more than one thing anyway, so I try to just multitask. So I'm always writing and creating anyway. Um, which is so I wrote a typical Wednesday, which used to be called Wednesdays. I wrote that years ago, and it just so happened like after season two, you know, I put it together and found a way to make it, and now it's coming out next week, which is crazy. That is crazy. So yeah. where, where, where is that coming at for people can know? Like, where uh -huh. is that? So you can pre-order it on iTunes, but it's going to be everywhere digitally. So like iTunes, I think, uh, Apple TV, Xbox, 
I think you can get it through your, you know, cable, smart TV, Fandango now, like a bunch of digital, you know, sort of streaming places. So did you want to get that? Was it, was the plan for it to be theatrical before COVID or? Yeah. Well, we had, there, there was a theatrical uh, release set, but again, once COVID hit, mm-hmm. changed everything up, which is okay. You know, happens, but, um, but yeah, so it was, you know, the uh, digital distribution and we had like a, it was going to be a, um, like a limited city theatrical release. Cause it's like a little dark comedy, you know, but I love it though. I'm very proud of it. So, so how was the whole concept? So like, what was the concept for you to come up with that film, that script to do that and for you to do everything on it? <laughs> I was in therapy. I started going to therapy. Oh, uh, no, this is, that's real shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was writing on the Cleveland show and there was another writer there who we were in the room talking about something and he um, had brought up his therapist and this dude was like super successful, married, you know, white dude. He's probably in his, you know, 40s. And I, you know, I never heard of people going to therapy unless there was something wrong. Like, so, like terminally like, wrong, like you, like, like you yeah, kill yourself type shit. Yeah, you say shit like you crazy. Or you bipolar. Mm-hmm. And people don't know what that means, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just remember, I literally said to him, why did you go to therapy? You have everything. Like, you got a wife, you got kids, you got a dope. You making shit ton of money here. He's like, yeah, I've been going to my therapist for like 20, 30 years or something. And he Damn. said, he was like, you know, we get really good insurance through the Writers Guild. You should look into it. And I was like, okay. And at the time, I was going through like a real rough relationship situation. And long story short, ended up finding a therapist and um, was going to therapy every Wednesday. So what had happened was one day, or not one day, almost every Wednesday, I would see this little kid on the elevator because I think he had an appointment at the same time. And... Um, he never spoke. We just kind of, was, you know, see each other on the head nod. And then one day I saw him and he had on some new shoes. And I was like, oh, nice shoes. And he kind of smiled. So by the time I got into my therapist's office, she's like, wow, you're in a good mood today. And I said, oh, yeah, I just saw my little homie on the elevator. And she said, what? I said, oh, yeah, no. Every Wednesday, this little white kid is my best friend. You know, like, oh, that's funny. So I really went home and I think I wrote the script in like a week. Wow, really? Yeah. So how did you get all the different people that's in there to be in there? You got Brisha Webb in there. You have um, Michael Ely. You've got um, so is, is Callie Hawk in there? Is that Callie Hawk in there or no? No. But what's funny is Callie actually did the first table read I ever did for this. Okay, because the girl looks like Callie Hawk. With, uh, just looking at the trailer in general, I didn't. That's so funny. Oh, you talking about no? That's uh, Emmy Emmy Raver Lanton. Okay, but they look similar. Like, the, you know, they, the, the clips go so fast. I was like, man, I think that's Callie Hawk. It's just so funny you brought up Callie Hawk because she's a friend of mine. But no, nah, she, she wasn't in it. Um, Is that the one that's from? Uh, from uh, from uh, the uh, Black Jesus. Right. No, but the one that's And she was in the Marlin joint, too. She was in the Marlin movie, too. Uh, isn't she? It? But the one that's in there, isn't she from, um, what's the thing on Netflix? Umbrella Academy. Yes. Umbrella Academy. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's what a yeah, okay, okay. okay. She's both. So, um, casting, um, the casting directors uh, from Warville will help me cast it. So, oh, basically, hey. you, you use that connection there to, to go into, like, yo, I'm fucking, I'm gonna do my own film. Yeah, I'm always doing my own stuff. Yeah, I was like, I, was, I, I looked at the calendar, I knew when we were stopping season two, I knew I had a small window because the post production schedule was so long, you know, that. I knew if I didn't make a project, it was going to be a whole year. 
because of what you already got to do to go back on set and do your thing over there. Right. So if I waited until the show aired and then ended, because there's this thing about when you're on something, right, and it's airing, it feels cool. You can see yourself on TV, you're popping. And then when the shit is done, we're on to something else. Right. So if you wait until that moment to then try to start something, by the time I would have done that, I would have been back on Orville. Like I wouldn't have any time. So I had to start pre-production while I was on Orville. So how long how long did uh, a typical Wednesday take as far from start to finish? Twelve days. Oh, you shot that in four days? No, twelve. No. Twelve. Twelve. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no way I could have done that. I was like, that's, that's like, I was like, hold on, this looks quiet. This not. This I was not, like, <laughs> this nigga magic. This ain't, this ain't <laughs> acrimony. This ain't acrimony. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we shot, we shot. Here we go. No, 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 no. Look, I, I, I've been off my Tyler Perry thing. Look, I ain't talking about Tyler Perry in ten years, man. So I, I could, I could put in a shot though. Ten years? I don't know about ten years, bro. Dude, I remember. One, remember, I put the moratorium on him in 2010. No, it was definitely after 2010. It was like maybe 2013. Okay, still seven years. Okay, this is the first time I've right. seen seven I'm years. Just, I'm you accountable. <laughs> Tyler is good dude. No, yeah. no, no. I fuck with him, though, but I'm just saying, though, doing a movie in six days, though, I'm just saying. I mean, it's ambitious. Yeah, and, and a full theatrical release, you know. I'll um, tell you, I remember I was listening to, and this is no shot at anybody. I'm just saying, I'm just repeating what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the radio, and there was some artist on with like, oh, I forget who it was, so I don't want to misquote, but it was a big like radio DJ, mm-hmm. right? And it was some new person who was like little something, right? And he had a hit that was like, you know, it, it kind of, it wasn't a hit, it was just popular. Right. Yeah. Everybody was, you know, that was the moment. And he's interviewing this kid and the kid is like, and mind you, the song was trash, trash, like all bad, right? And he's interviewing the kid the kid's like, yeah, you know, I went in the studio, you know, we smoked, we was drinking, whatever. And uh, yeah, we wrote, we, I wrote and recorded and put it out like in a day. You know what I'm saying? And it's, I put it out in a day and it's crazy. It's going bonkers like that. It's, I put it out in a day. And the DJ goes, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and he just said it as Frank like that, like I could tell. And we don't, you ain't even heard this kid again, I'm assuming, right? Nope. So, you know, I, you, can, you can do it how you want to do it. You can put it out how you want to put it. But, you know, if I go make a dish, if I make some fish, and I don't cook that shit all the way through, I'm like, yeah, man, I cooked this fish for 20 I'm seconds. Chefing. Yeah, I was in there cooking. So I cooked like 80 pieces of fish for like 20 seconds, and motherfuckers are throwing up. It's like, yeah, I, I can tell. You <laughs> I tell you what, but like you said, it's all about timing because for something to grow popular, you put something out in the day and somebody catch that bug, like it's almost like the it's like the perfect storm, dog. But also, I also feel like look, there's an audience for everybody, right? Sure. Like, I think you know, if there's anything we've learned, especially recently about black people, that there are a lot of different types of black people. There's not just one type of black person. There's some projects and artists that I just don't rock with that other people do. There's mm-hmm. some people I tend to lean towards and other people don't. So, and guess what? That's all cool. Um, you know. And black people cannot be free until we can be mediocre. Look, we, look, we should be able to make everything. 
great shit, bad shit. I, 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 I'm very vocal about when people say stuff like, man, you don't want to fuck it up because, you know, if you fuck it up, you fucking up for everybody. I'm like, no. Nah. Uh, that, but we're not free then. Like, that's, that's the whole point is that every other white director, white writer, white producer, they get 50 different chances to fail. You talking about one opportunity for us to be able to make it? But that's, that's where it comes from, though, man. It's, it, it's kind of like, you know, we hope being held to such a high standard that, like, you know, you can literally mess it up for all the people behind you. Like, I look they at had um, nothing to do with you. Like, but, I look but, at Matty Rich, though. Y'all know the story of Matty Rich, right? I mean, I'm Jay, y'all, y'all know Matty Rich, right? The dude that did uh, uh, Inkwell. He did his big movie was uh, uh, Straight Out of Brooklyn. Um, and remember, he got into it. Straight Out of Brooklyn was the one that's got a. Uh, What's my boy from the uh, Wire that played D'Angelo? Um, he's in there. If you, it's a good movie. It's a. It's it's basically like straight out of uh, uh straight uh not straight out of Menace, Menace Society, but in New York. This is the okay. same time period, but it was is got a Matty Rich. Then he ended up get. He was blew up. He was like the darling of like the New York uh scene. He blew up with that, and he ended up parlaying that into doing the Inkwell. Mm-hmm. And then Inkwell went flop. He dissed, he dissed Spike Lee or whatever, saying, uh, I don't have to finish at NYU. You, y'all be hating on us, whole thing. Yeah. And then he did the inkwell. He fell flat. You never seen him again. But, that, that, but that's a little different, though. Oh, because he, he shit on Spike Lee and shit on like, going go. to college. But no, even is. a dude that did Love Jones, though, dude that did Love Jones, yeah. didn't come back out with nothing else after that. You know, or uh, – Christopher Scott Chirot that did uh, Have Plenty and um, yeah. G and stuff like I mean, it's, it's a long list of black directors where, like, we don't get a chance to bounce. Why, why, every movie, we can't be the perennial darling. Yeah. Yeah. Which Do you true. feel that type of pressure, though, Jay? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to tell you why, though, and, and I'm going to be more specific. I've been fortunate enough to everything I've made to this point of mine I pay for it. Mm. So I've given myself the green light on all my shit. So, and again, and I don't, it's not like I'm, you know, I appreciate money. So it's not like I'm just like, let me throw it away. <laughs> but I, I've, I've just been fortunate enough and blessed enough to, to have whatever it takes to come up with something and figure out a way to get it done. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have the pressure of, I just want to make good art. It just so happens I'm black. It just so happens I'm a man. And it just so happens that this is my perspective on the world. But I just want to make some shit that I think is. So I'm not holding myself to any standard because it's my money. So if my shit go down, fuck it, it's my money. Mm-hmm. If this shit pop, fuck, it's my money. So whether you like it or not, I th- this, fa- this, this concept of like people like liking or not liking something that you made is funny as shit to me. Mm. Like, how you gonna sit back and not like or like something that you didn't fucking make? Like, you like you could take so much time, make a thing, and I could just be like, nah. Or yeah. It is kind of caveat, though. What's that? Like, I think that's kind of the caveat, like you make it to put, you know, to put it out there in the world, like, cause you already know it's going to be judged cause that's just human nature. But in doing so, like, I, I'm, I know that it's cathartic cause you're getting all this off your chest. Like you did it, you made it. Um, so are you saying like when you make your stuff, you kind of do it without expectation of it doing? hundred percent. 
Okay. I'll tell you, bro, one of the best days, I'm going to show you this real quick. Hold on. I'm going to tell you, no matter how my movie does, no matter how my movie does, no matter if people like it or don't like it, watch it, don't watch it. The, so this is the back of Drive, right? So we shot the movie. And we had two of these big ass, you know, huge terabyte drives or whatever. You shoot your movie and you put it on the drive. When we finished shooting, we had two of these joints. I sat at this table I'm at right now and I looked at these, these boxes and I was like, I fucking made a thing. That's what it's all about. And 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 Demi motherfuckers are ever getting a chance to do that, dog. You understand? Like there was no thing. And now you made a thing. I I thought of some shit. I wrote some shit. Printed some shit. Gave people the shit. They memorized the shit. I shoot the shit. And now it's a it's a, it's a it physical, a tangible thing. I don't give a fuck what you think about it. <laughs> that, that, that moment, and I'm going to have a great time watching it and premiere and every movie I make, wonderful. But I think the reason I stress that so much is because that joy I got from making it, I'm not chasing the result. Mm -hmm. I like chasing the, the doing it. Because mm -hmm. you know you can't take that away. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So there's power in it. Now, mind you, yes, I want people to like my shit. And yeah. I feel confident in my abilities as a filmmaker and a writer and an actor. So that just makes it easier. But yeah, man, the fact that you can't tell me shit. Like, I'm, what are you gonna tell me? I can't make a movie, I did. Have you seen that, uh, the thing with Netflix and then what is that, Imagine Impact or whatever that is? Imagine what Impact, yeah, what's that? Uh, I, matter of fact, I texted to you uh, not too long ago, but apparently, they're, they're, there's a group called Magic Impact that's run by, who's the dude that shot um, Happy Days or whatever? Uh, oh, Howard? Ron Howard, yeah. So it's his group, they're, they're trying to give voice to uh, minorities to, you know, create diversity in the space. And basically, they they leading you from start to finish, you know, and they, it connects to, uh, at the end of it, you get this whole thing with Netflix. It gets shown. The whole bit. Yeah. Well, again, I, I think all of that's great. I think if I could give anybody, and this not just for this industry, I think it's anything. Look, y'all got a podcast, right? What do you need? Some equipment and then people. Now, your podcast, you can get a call tomorrow from some, hey, we want to pay y'all, you know, we want to license your shit for X amount of dollars and y'all blow up, and, you know. But I imagine the starting of it is the fun part. Man, you know what you do? We should start our own shit. We just do it. Okay, what do we need? I don't know, motherfucking microphone? Okay, bet, got that. What else we need? I don't know, Wi-Fi? Cool, nigga, let's have it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, whatever happens after that, that happens, you know? So, so let's talk about the Do Better University, man, the, the sweatshirt you got no, on right yo, now. hold on, before we go there, because I know that's brand new. There's, there's a vital piece that oh, Jason put out that I, we haven't talked about yet. Don't. Uh, I hope you don't go to the LeBron thing, right? Oh no, no, no. No, we okay. no. We're not getting. Why would you do that? You, you see how you just changed <laughs> oh, expression on his okay. face? You already because you know he's from Chicago, so you already know where well, he, where, where this is going to land. Right? You say the LeBron thing. There's only one thing you're talking about. 
is how he's the best basketball player ever. That that's uh, okay. Look, look here, man. I'm I'm not gonna do that. We're gonna say we we'll, we'll take we'll, we'll table that one. Okay, let's table that. Okay, what okay. about tell us the concept and your perspective ideas behind two black dudes? Oh. oh yeah, good, 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 yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah, shout out to your uh, your partner, man. That's my man, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, he's in space. By the way, black man in space. Yeah. Yeah. On the shirt, bro. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. Twenty eight days in uh, February. We we got to fill up another twenty. Yeah, man. I'm I'm best. That's my guy, man. Love that dude. Um, but yeah, no, me and him were friends before. Two black dudes was a show. You know, basically my perspective, my perspective of life. Like I'm a black dude, but I grew up and around a lot of people that didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've learned by going to Vianney or by moving to LA or by going to IU, no one thinks they're wrong, right? People believe the shit they believe for whatever reason they believe. So I just decided to make this show about two black dudes who are completely different and they can look at one situation completely differently, but the world looks at them as the same. So mm. I remember even when I came up with the, the title, somebody asked me, so what's your show called? I said, oh, Two Black Dudes. Oh, no, that's what it was. My homegirl, her uh, manager was in town, and we went to dinner. And this goes back to what you said, Teddy, about expectations. For me, I, I, the only person I got to please is myself. Because if I don't like it, I don't, it don't, I'm not putting it out. And if I'm not making it, if I'm not making something I like, what's the point? I'm not trying to make it so you like it. I'm trying to have you experience what I like with me, mm-hmm. right? So we were at dinner and she goes, so how are you gonna pitch this? And what's the name of the show? I said, oh, it's Two Black Dudes. And she goes, well, how are you gonna pitch it? What's the show about? I said, it's about two black dudes. <laughs> That's it. And I remember she was at dinner, she's like, you can't pitch a show like that. I'm like, why not? Because you just can't, like, what's, what's it about? I'm like, it's as simple as it being about two black dudes, and it's as complicated as it being about two black dudes. Now, because you don't get that shit, that don't have nothing to do with me. Right. But, but even with me saying it, with my brothers right here, you get that. Mm-hmm. It's about two black dudes. It's about two black dudes. Now, that could be a million different things. Mm-hmm. And even within those two perspectives, it's another thousand perspectives that could be two black dudes at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was an easy way to sort of like, again, like my dad grew up in the city, north side, right? So sports, old school black man. I was going to speakeasy downtown when I was like seven years old, you know, just hanging out, live out in the county, go to Vianney, go to St. Joe's, go, you know, two completely different backgrounds, right? which inform a perspective on life. So, you know, my mom in the county is saying stuff like the world about how to survive in situations that might not be the easiest and, you know, figure it out. My dad is in the city like, man, white people don't like you, so be careful. You know, I don't know what it's like out there. Neither one of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. My dad was born in the 30s. You understand? So oh, like, wow. Damn. His, his perspective on life is different. My, hey, Dad. My dad lives with me. Come here. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Come here real quick. Say hi. Oh, your dad's born in the 30s? He's still up. Man, man, blessings to him. Shout out Goody Lee, man. Yeah, I do. What's up, Goody? Hey, what's happening? How you doing? What's, what's up, going man? on, sir? You got Teddy. your Modelo, I see. 
Hey, I'm all right. Uh, y'all being safe? And hey, we trying, man. We trying. We trying down the whole John Dale home state, man. We got. Yeah. Oh, show him the hat. He's still rocking the St. Louis hat. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Y'all be cool. All right. <laughs> my dad right here. Yeah, I'm telling bad things about you. I'm telling good things about you. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying like that helped inform a lot for me. So it was, it was an easy way for me to talk about everything, anything, you know, that's going on. So right. go, go ahead, Ted. Well, I was going to ask, so, well, number one, the show is amazing. So anybody that's listening, you ain't had a chance to check it yeah, out. That was, that's it's incredible. Especially when y'all do the, uh, y'all do the, the police training. Yo, that was a stupid dog. Dude, the police training is like, he's like I, he came up on me. I shot him. <laughs> it, it was so manufique. I, there's just so much that was like underneath it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is. Yeah, it was layered. It was layered. It was definitely layered. It was definitely an onion. And then the, the crazy part is at first, like the character that Jay plays, you know, you, he shot him. He's like, oh, man, he was up. And then it shows, you know, uh, the, uh, 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 my, uh, my man that played Georgia Binks. Ahmad, Ahmad, right? Ahmad, right? Yeah. Ahmed. Ahmed. And then he shot somebody who was like, oh, I just got nervous. And it was like, well, okay, well, then everybody's fucked up. <laughs> but if you, if you go back and watch that episode again, the thing about fear, because, again, perspective, right? Hold on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, back in the day, me and Teddy went to high school. By the way, they can still hear you. <laughs> yeah, all right. I love you, man. But y'all kept shooting the white people though. That was the funny part. <laughs> but, but see, but here's the point about it though. I remember I saw, and, and this is a very, very, very delicate subject, especially in the climate we're in. hundred percent. Um I because I wrote that episode like two years ago. Oh wow, like, really? Okay. I wrote I wrote that episode. It's just time like it's crazy that I wrote that shit two years ago. But for people who don't know, the episode how, uh, my character Howard and Jason are watching TV and there's yet another shooting of a young unarmed black kid. And um, I got the idea because I saw there was a reporter who took a police training class. And this was after Mike Brown or another fucking horrible tragedy and everybody's hurt and angry and, you know, talking about it. And there are some people like, you know, everybody goes to their sides, right? But there was a reporter who took a police training course and was terrible, right? Like he was either getting shot or shooting, like he was all bad. But as I watched it, I'm like, oh, it's not easy, right? It's not an easy job, but they're the wrong people doing it for the most part. You know, mm -hmm. the ones that are bad, like the, the, the margin of error for you fucking your job up in that job literally leads to death. Mm -hmm. I make a bad movie, I make a bad movie. It's not life or death. It's not life or death. Y'all make a bad podcast, fuck it. Yeah. You make it. They make a mistake, motherfucker, you're killing me. So, um, but what I've learned, again, perspective, right, is a, most, and I'm gonna say this, people love us. They love us. A lot of people are afraid of us though. Mm -hmm. And that fear is what causes the fucking problem. It's like a shark. You see what I'm saying? Love shark. They, people love Shark Week, <laughs> but they scared of sharks too. Hey, you talking about? Did you just compare black people to Sharknado? Oh, I've been thinking that for a long time, dog. 
I moved back. I'm, I'm dip, I went around that screen. I'm up here. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. But, but what I'm saying, though, and, and this gets back to the episode, is in all of those instances, what do they say? I fear for my life. Right? They say that shit. I fear for my life. Right? You fear for your life because you don't understand the shit. You don't, like, if I'm not around you, honor and respect you, I'm going to fear you. So in that episode, one thing that Howard and Jason say is like, oh, shit, I was afraid. Right? Mm -hmm. So I was trying to make it a layered sort of discussion, and it's not letting anybody off the hook. But it's like your fear is fucking killing people. So maybe don't be so afraid of shit. It's a, it's legitimate, man. I, I would love to see like the play out because I know they do something like that here, especially after Mike Brown. Uh, the police actually created one called the uh, the Shooter Don't Shoot Simulator, and it's weird because it's actually almost in direct, what well, in direct opposition of the one that you showed. Oh, so, really? like, for them, it's it's virtual. You got all these, like, you fake guns and you're on the screen. And, like, they put you in the most extreme, right. like, situation. So, you're, mm -hmm. you're a cop busting up a bank robbery. And there's, like, five people. You don't know who's who. Yeah. You don't know yeah. who has a gun, who doesn't have a gun. And, you know, you end up dead. And then you move on to the next one. Yeah. And so, naturally, your awareness starts increasing. You start being more fearful because of previous interactions or no interactions. Yeah. So now you start shooting innocent bystanders because it's fairly reminiscent because you got shot last time. So it's really interesting. But I, no, I think you could, like, that message was, like, extremely conveyed. Also, side note, the fact that you play uh, Mr. Big on the piano. Oh, that was a also that was another a magnificent moment in the series. And I think that's <laughs> only I think that's only a regional thing that's going to be appreciated, though. Maybe people appreciate that it was a rap song. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think people appreciate the 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 what it meant. He was like, doom doom doom, like, oh shit. Did not see that coming at all. Yeah. yeah. So were there any inspirations for so are are Jason and Howard just two different sides of Jason, or is Howard like somebody else? Uh, it, they're you? both so I've told this the creation of the names. Well, first of all, when I first come up with it, I remember I was pitching this other thing and I was leaving CBS and they had a poster for two broke girls. And I make a joke in the parking lot with my team, like, man, they got two broke girls. I need a show called Two Black Girls. Uh, right? <laughs> At the time, I was tweeting a lot. Um, and I think this was after Trayvon Martin had been murdered. So I was really, I was dealing with a lot of fucking ignorant people who, you know, were choosing to ignore what was right in front of them. But what I learned, I ended up adding, a, like, I would see somebody write some really horrific shit. And for whatever reason at that time, I was like, I got time. So I would, they'd write something. I'd say, hey, I just followed you. Send me a private message. Let's talk offline. Mm -hmm. So I would end up having these discussions with these horrific, racist people. And really? every one of them did. And it, it took so much energy and time out of life, but it was important. And what I learned was 99% of them is they all knew what the fuck the difference between right and wrong except what it was like, you go online and you say it's really mad, nasty shit, and you're only gonna get one or two options or replies. People that agree with you or people who disagree with you. Mm -hmm. So it's either, yeah, fuck him. He's a thug, fuck that shit. Or fuck you, or, um, you know, 
Yeah, what they they agree with you or they disagree? With you. Yeah, they agree with you. Fuck him mm-hmm. when they disagree. Right. With you, fuck you, you're a racist. So then I ended up having all these conversations, and people were like, "Yeah, well, this is this." And I was like, "Okay, let's just get to it." And they all could come to the same conclusion. Why do I bring that up? Because the ability to talk to these idiots and see, you know, you're full of shit. And if I don't come at you with Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. If I just say, okay, look, you really think that's right? But why do they lose? I understand that. Do you think that's right? What about black on black crime? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's right? That was a fucking kid. That was a grown-ass man who followed him and murdered him. Just sit with that. Like, you don't have to do shit else. People fucking know, but cognitive dissonance is real, so people don't want to know. So, Howard and Jason... My, I don't have a middle name. My mom used to call me Howard whenever she would get mad at me. So you don't have a middle name at all on your birth certificate? <laughs> Wait, Jason. Why, why would she call you Howard when she would be upset okay. at you? She'd be like, Jason Howard Lee, get up here and wash these dishes. Hold right. on, but that's not even your... <laughs> no, she's made up. So n- none of my siblings have middle names. Because my mom, her thing was she hated when her parents or aunt would say her whole name. That's what she But then she, she did. She gave you a name, though, to do the same thing. That's how you knew you was in trouble. Yeah, that's how I knew it was real. So when she said that, I said, oh, I got the two black girls. So there's one coin. These are the two sides of it. There's mm-hmm. Jason and there's Howard. But both perspectives are me. So Howard is sort of like free spirited, fuck it, let's fight, I don't care, but it's out of love. Jason is, well, A plus B equals C, I'm logical, let's plan it, sort of shit. So you got two black dudes, different, but the same. That's exactly how I took it. I don't know if that was like, necessarily that was code switching per se but i definitely like <laughs> the jason on the court that opens up the series i feel like i know him very well i've definitely seen <laughs> seen that jason before on the court that I was, was like, oh, this, this is him yeah oh that's me yeah because yeah. it's all about rules though if you break mm-hmm. the rules fuck it why would i follow them? yeah it's true that's true so hey, go ahead go, go ahead no, go, go ahead, ahead. No, I was saying, let's talk about, you know, your Do Better University, your shirt. Can people cop that anywhere? Like, Not yet. You got to come. You got to go. Look, this is, this is Do Better You. The way you get one of these, you got to enroll in the school. Tuition is a dollar. We have financial <laughs> aid available. I also have a couple scholarships. It's a six-week course on how you could do better. And I'm trying to get people to do better. Because one thing I always say, and this is a brand new concept, right? Not, well, the university itself. Um, I always say do better and do the work. I've been saying that since I got here. I don't know why. Uh, but I think over the last you know, two months of our lives, I realized a lot of people actually don't know how to do better. Mm-hmm. We just talk shit. You know? So I'm trying to give them the things that help me do better. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But, so that's what do better university is. So they're actually going to be enrolling they call you, they, I, you should, you should, if you're not, you should definitely put some video courses together. Oh, we already, already had orientation last Wednesday. Oh, shut up, man. <laughs> you got a master's class for do, do Better University. Already got, already got students. Already got students. Everybody so, so what's the, what's the curriculum? What's the curriculum? Listen, first of all, to get in, I had everybody write an essay, five reasons why they love black women. Okay. Ooh, nice I like that. Nice I like that. Oh, that's dope. That's hard. 
That's how you had to write that. Five reasons why you like black, love black women. That got you uh, your application for your essay. And then you come in at a Zoom class. I told there's going to be some essential reading, some music, some film, thought, some exercises that we're going to do that will hopefully help you uh, shift your mentality so you can do better. So you're not just saying it. It's a verb. Do. You have to actually fucking do it. What's so better? Is this... Is this, is this primarily for our Caucasian brother and sisters? Like, is this focused like on kind of like what the U.S. is experiencing right now? Or is it for everybody? I just wanted to make people right now write an essay on why they like black, love black women. No, that's a, that's, that's really dope. Good. That's dope. I do. Because I, I feel like black women, we don't, they, we don't give them enough love. We as a No, we don't. We don't. Well, matter of fact, Jason, at offline, I'll make sure that I invite you. Me and Daryl are part of this, uh, group called black men speak up mm-hmm. and we actually just had it's like a nationwide lot of cats out of cali it's really, really it's mostly cali and stl uh, okay. right now and we had breakout groups last tuesday on a zoom call and one of the first questions was how do we as black men support and protect black women Word. so i was i was like he's already on it you're yeah, already yeah. on it. Yeah. and you know and it, it works twofold one I've had two reactions to it. Mostly everybody was cool with it. The people who weren't, they probably won't say nothing. But you get two. You get, okay, cool. Why not? I'll tell you why I love black women. And if you don't know why you love black women, just sit there. Right? The other side of it, which I don't want you in my school anyway, is, well, what about (laughs) how come you fucking missed the lesson? You fucking missed the lesson. If you missed the lesson, this ain't for you. Right? If you sit there and you hear me say, you got to write an essay on why you love black women and you have any other thought other than, cool, then this ain't for you. And mind you, the whole school, again, it's not about race or anything like that. I could have had, like, I don't know, fucking left-handed, transgendered little people from motherfucking Brazil. Mm. I don't know, figure it out. But nobody's going to be like, well, how, what about tall, right-handed people? Who <laughs> from the Saskatchewan. You're right. Well, what about, you know what I mean? So it was almost an exercise in sort of actively thinking better. That's fantastic. So Jay, where can everybody once again check out your movie coming out? So it's dropping next week? Next week, next Friday, June 26th. You can go on uh, iTunes right now, type in Atypical Wednesday. Uh, also, there's a link in my bio. You can follow me on social media. Yeah, and I will put the link into the uh, to the trailer too, and, and all the notes on uh, yep. iTunes, everything like that too. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, it's coming out, and then bada bing, bada boom. And where can they hit you up online too, man? J Lee Film, J L E E F I L M, J Lee Film. That's my. Twitter. Is that everywhere? Like that's on your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. And where can they register for Do Better University? You gotta follow D- Do Better U on Instagram. <laughs> this, is, this shit's crazy. <laughs> you better, is brilliant. Anything else? Anything else on the pipeline? Anything else coming up that we need? Always, always cooking, bro. Hold on. Ooh, hold on a second. Let me show you. Do better, you. Yeah, you got to go to do better, you. Do okay. better, you. It's not a game. Go to do better, you. It's gonna get y'all right. You know what I'm saying? And like I said. Don't let money be a factor. If you can't afford the dollar, we can figure out some programs for you. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Jay, man, we appreciate it, man. You coming on, man. This is super dope, man.
appreciate y'all, man. I miss y'all and I love y'all, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hey, man. We're we gonna push it, man. Congratulations on everything, man. You, even if you die tomorrow in a tragic uh a 15-car pileup with a train on top of a plane crashing, you know that your you your legacy lives forever, dog. I'll take that. I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I was confused too. I was, I was a little worried too. No, I, was I, was, I was trying to make it all amped up, but I'm saying your legacy list forever, though, dog. Like, you can always know that your name is going to be Googleable. Uh, besides, there's like a, you know what? No, no. There's the only thing that, only thing is that you messed up Jason Lee being, uh, uh, you get you're in the Bruce Lee situation with it. The Brandon Lee name pops up with your shit. I know. You got to get above that. That's what your, your goal should be to get above the Lee family on yeah, Google just, search. It should be, be the Lee search. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. No, he could be no. Jay Lee. He could be Jay. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, no, no, but it's like, but if you put Jay in, like, Brandon Lee's middle name is like Jay. So no, like no, it no. pops well, up on it for, for him. If you put in Jay Lee on Google. You know what's going to have to happen, Jason? You got to go with Jason Howard Lee. That's the only way it's going to work. There you go, JHL. I, I was sitting there. There was a there's a podcast. Apparently, there's another uh, Jason Lee that does like Hollywood. Yeah, like Hollywood unlocked. Hollywood unlocked. I yeah. I promise to God, I tuned in because I thought it was you. I was like, oh, this is Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing podcasts now. I didn't know. Like, he doing gossip. All right, exactly. I was like, that's not that's not like him. Yeah, I know you're talking about too that dude Jason Lee, but I'm gonna rock with Jay Lee for now. And then you know, at some point, I might in ten years, two years, and I might go back with Jason Lee. Mike, that's what I'm calling myself. Just like uh, what, La what Larry Fishburne went to Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to <laughs> let the world dictate what I'm supposed to do. No, that's not true. Yeah, you, let it, you make sure that you hit us up when it's time to come back to St. Louis and you're ready for run for mayor. Because we got the plugs. You know what? Might, I might, might have to. I might I'm have saying, to. I mean, Teddy, you're you, I mean, you moving out this way. What are you talking about? How are you going to be in the city and you moving out by me? I, my job in the city, we still connected, you know, they, we fuck around, do better together. The whole thing will be one thing, in, in, you know, in a minute. I still, I still have an address in the city, so I'm always still voting in the city. <laughs> hey, see, you're the type of person that Trump tries to suppress. Oh, no, voter I'm voter fraud all day, though. I'm voter fraud all day. <laughs> I vote in two areas. <laughs> but I don't do it for a, a statewide, only local. Only local, okay. Only yeah. local, baby. I won't, I won't vote for twice for, like, you know, for my congressman and nothing like that. Okay. But thank you, though, Jay, though, man. We appreciate it, though, man. Yeah, bro. Word up. Absolutely, man. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all, man. I'll holler at y'all soon. All right. You too, man. Hit us up when you back in. All we'll right. Do it. Let Peace. it go.